I had to release that relationship because I couldn't hear myself anymore and I didn't feel like the support that I was getting was actually supportive of what I needed in the moment and supportive of me growing into who I needed to be and healing in the ways that I needed. Hello friends and welcome back to Tales from the Journey. I'm Stephanie Zamora and today we are going to talk about creating space, letting go of the hands that held us and navigating scarcity while we're navigating these challenging chapters and big life transitions. I hope that you have been enjoying all the incredible interviews that we have rolled out so far. We did end up switching back to weekly episodes based on your feedback. We want to make sure you always have enough time to listen to the interviews, get the most out of them and have time to really check out our guests and see all the incredible work that they're doing in the world. So today's topic is something that is very critical to address and something that is very personal for me. So creating space and letting go of the hands that held us is something that I have navigated many times at different points in my journey, but especially after my traumatic loss and during my PTSD and healing because it was very difficult. I actually did not expect that I would be creating so much space that I would be letting go of so many people and at so many different intervals and points in my healing journey. And there's a lot to navigate with that. There is a lot of stories that we tell ourselves. There is a lot of things that people say about us, stories they tell about us, things they make true about us because we're doing this. And I really want to address this because it's also something that has come up a lot since I wrote my book. If you have not read it, Unravel is available at theunravelbook.com. It is my memoir. It's where I talk about my loss and my healing and everything that happened. And I write a lot about letting go of the hands that helped me. This is something I was afraid to write about because of the judgment that comes with it. But what I have found is that a lot of the messages that I get in response to that book are around having the courage to let go of people, having the courage to lean into your growth and healing and to not be afraid of the fact that it will lead to more loss. So with growth comes outgrowing, not always, but often this is something that I have written a lot about, you can head over to stephaniesmore.com slash blog and navigate the healing and growth category. And you will see that I have written a lot about this over the years since my loss, that with growth comes outgrowing, not always, but often. And it's really important to understand that this is not a judgment on ourselves or other people. It is simply a statement of fact. When we grow, we outgrow things. We know this to be true in a lot of different ways, but when we weave in relationships and other people, there is a lot of story around it, both internal and external. So this is such an important conversation. If you are going through a challenging chapter or a big life transition, or if you are simply navigating navigating big growth and change in your life, you are going to face outgrowing things. People, places, spaces. This is a normal part of the process. And so for me, it's really important to normalize this conversation and to help people understand that this happening on your journey does not make you wrong or bad, nor does it make the people around you wrong or bad. It is simply a part of the process. So first, let's talk about how space is so essential and vital for healing and growth. We need room to sort ourselves out, to process everything that we have been through and to find our bearings again. Space is critical. Now, space does not necessarily mean isolation. It means space. It means having the room to be with yourself, to process what you've been through, to process who you are now and who you're becoming, to make sense of things, to get clarity, to find what's aligned for you without the feedback of people who are trying to drive and control and maybe even manipulate the situation in their favor or based on their comfort. So space is very 
very important for healing and growth. Again, it doesn't mean isolation, though I will say that there are times that isolation is also critical. There have certainly been points in my journey where isolation was vital for me to heal and grow. And most recently, this was when I moved to the mountains. I actually very consciously chose to move away from my community and my relationships and to be alone. I consciously chose a certain level of isolation because that is what I needed to learn to hear myself again. You will see this throughout my book. You will see this in things that I talk about now. I became so dependent on the people around me without even realizing that it had happened. I lost so much trust in myself with everything that I had been through between the loss, between the trauma, between the abusive relationship. I did not trust myself to discern what was right and true for me. I did not trust myself to make decisions. I had been gaslit quite a bit throughout my life, but also throughout that period. And so I didn't trust myself. I completely deferred to a handful of close friends who did not have all the information to help me make informed decisions and therefore at times led me in the wrong directions. But that was on me because I wasn't able to hear myself. I didn't trust myself. I wasn't making decisions that were right and aligned for me. I was deferring that. I was abdicating the decision making. I was leaning on other people's discernment versus tuning into my own. And so moving away was actually critical for me at that time to be alone and to learn to hear myself. And I actively chose to remove myself from certain relationships so that I could start to trust myself again. And that looked like messing up and that looked like making the wrong choices and making mistakes and and really starting to reconnect with myself and my intuition. So there are times that isolation is actually vital to our healing and growth. And this again requires a certain level of intuition and discernment to decide, is that what needs to happen right now for me? Only you can decide that. And I will tell you from experience that most people will not agree with that decision (laughs) because isolation also comes with certain stories and beliefs and perceptions. If we are isolating, that must mean that something's wrong with us, that we're depressed, that we are antisocial. You know, it can be a number of things that people assign meaning to our choice to be isolated, but there are times that isolation is key. In fact, if you listen to one of our most recent interviews with Jeff Seow, he talks about a period of isolation. It was short, it was a couple months, but it was so critical for him to really come home to himself and make discerning decisions about what was right for him. So isolation can be very vital. You are the only person who can discern that. A coach can certainly help you guide yourself into that decision, help you tune into what's right and true for you, but ultimately you are the only person who can decide if isolation is important. Creating space for our healing and growth does not necessarily mean isolation. So it can look like clearing space in your life. And that can look like stepping out of groups for a while. That's something that I've done. I have stepped away from masterminds and networking groups when I needed more space for me to really get clear on what was right for me or work on other things or find my focus or rebuild in new directions. So again, space can be selective. It can be to any degree that is right for you, but having that space to tune into yourself, to sort out what's going on for yourself, to process through things, to heal, to grow, to find your bearings, to find your footing, and to get more oriented towards what's right for you going forward is very critical. Part of this conversation is also about being clear on who truly supports your process. So this might be giving you room to do what you need to do. So who are the people that give you the space and love you wherever you're at and just say, cool, whenever you're saying like, this is where I'm at in my process and this is what I need to do. Those are great people. And it might be some people who push and guide and support the process in a way that is aligned for you. So again, coaches can be great for this. Certain friendships can be 
great for this. Family is not always great for this. Again, you have to be very discerning. You have to be very connected to your intuition to discern, is this person guiding me based on their fears, their expectations, their hopes, their wishes, their own perception, their own lens, or is this person helping me guide myself to what's true for me and move forward? So having people that support your process can look one of those ways, right? It can be people who give you the space to do it. They don't judge you. They don't get mad at you for being gone, for stepping away, for doing things differently. And it can be people who are active in your process. And that can be friends and family, and it can be mentors and guides and coaches and therapists. Either way, people who support your process are people who do not drive any aspect of that support based on their own expectations or fears. Who you surround yourself with during challenging chapters and big life transitions matters a lot. And I cannot stress that enough. It matters so much. That's why we're having this conversation. That's why I wanted to have a whole episode just about this. It matters so much. And it might not be the people that you think it's going to be who are supportive. This is especially true after grief and loss. This is especially true after traumatic experiences. And it can even be the case if you're doing something as simple as moving states or moving cities, you will realize that the people that you thought would be there actually aren't. And this is painful. This is heartbreaking. This is hard. It's confusing. There's a lot of emotion that comes up with it, but it's actually very normal. When we go through challenging chapters and big life transitions, it shows us who is operating from their own expectations, their own wants and needs, and their own fears or beliefs or perception. If you suddenly step out of a role or a relationship or a place that you're living or a way of being that people are used to and comfortable with and need to some degree or expect to some degree, they will usually fall away. They will make you wrong. They will focus their energy and attention elsewhere. You will see that they're not actually the support system that you thought they were. You just fit into a role that fit into their life. And there's lots of reasons that this can happen. Again, we don't need to make anyone bad and wrong. We're not bad and wrong. They're not bad and wrong. The situation is what it is. Adding story to it doesn't help at all. But you will see who are the people that are going to show up for you. I was very shocked after my loss who showed up for me. I was also so somewhat surprised at who I fell out of touch with when I moved away to the mountains, but it shows you who are the people that are here to walk through this next chapter with you. And that's a good thing. We can feel sad. We can be heartbroken. We can be hurt. We feel our feelings and we focus on the fact that this is all just good insight and information. These are not people that are meant to walk forward with us. These are not people that are genuinely supportive of us being who we're here to be. It just worked the way that it worked for as long as it worked. You will also find that there are quite a bit of people, again, that act from a place of expectation or fear. And fear is a big one. Fear is something that we will especially see more often than not from family and sometimes friends. So family can be very well-intentioned, especially parents, right? Our parents want us to be safe. They want us to be taken care of. And our subconscious mind, which we've talked about in other episodes, really wants us to stay in the known and familiar. So other people's subconscious minds, they don't like change either, especially if it affects them. So if I I am moving to the mountains, if I'm going through this big transition, if I am suddenly different because I'm trying to heal from grief and trauma, this is scary. It's scary for us, but it's scary for the people around us. And so they can be very well-intentioned with their support, but it's not actually supportive of us and where we're at and where we're going because it is rooted in their fears. They want us to stay in the known and familiar. This is where we'll see advice like, oh, you should just get back to doing the things that you're doing, or I think that you should do this, or you should make these decisions. You should stay in the job. No, you shouldn't leave 
leave your marriage, you should work on it, whatever it might be, it is often rooted in their own fears. And that can actually be from a place of love. They want us to stay safe. They want us to be comfortable, to be happy. They don't want to see us go off in some new direction and fall flat on our faces. They want us to stay safe. That's anchored in their fears. It's also anchored in love. But it's not supportive. It's not supportive of our process. It's not supportive of us really unraveling and unfolding from where we are now and figuring out what's next for us in our right time on our right path. So notice who is coming and trying to support you from a place of love, but it's also rooted in their fears or expectations or their needs for you to stay in a role that is comfortable for them. All of this gives us insight into who truly supports our process. And every time that I have gone through a transition or something big in my life, or I have made decisions that go against the known and familiar, it has shown me who truly supports me being who I'm here to be and doing things in the way that I need to do, things that are aligned for me. And that group of people has gotten smaller each time, but there are core people that have stuck with me through all of it, who have never guided me from a place of their fears or expectations. And there are some people that do, but they do it once. They share their fears, they share their worries. Maybe they do it more than once, but they still support me in doing what I need to do. And those people are incredibly valuable as well. You just have to discern, is that okay? Am I too easily swayed by other people's opinions, other people's thoughts, other people's feedback? Or is it okay for me to have people in my life that are saying, hey, I think you should do this, but I'll support you either way. Again, you have to discern that. Some of those people I actually stepped away from for a little while because I couldn't hear myself if someone else was telling me what they thought I should do. And so I had to remove myself from the relationships and come back when I was more grounded and centered. And now I can be in relationship with those people because they truly support me in being the person that I'm here to be. So letting go of the hands that held us is heartbreaking and hard. Now this can be friends, this can be family, this can be partners, this can be communities, it can be groups, it can be any relationship that was supportive that was a place and space that you frequented, that you were a part of, that you were involved in, that you had a role in. When we let those go, it's hard. It's heartbreaking. I don't ever want to sugarcoat any part of this process for you because that doesn't serve you. There can be ease and that ease comes more with time because you start to see that it's the best thing for you and the people around you. But that doesn't mean that it's not hard, that it's not challenging, that it's not heartbreaking at times. Sometimes it is the best thing that we can do. Again, only you can discern that. And something that we have talked a lot about on this show, I talk a lot about in my work, there is a whole episode at the beginning, the first three episodes, go back and listen to those. They're so supportive, but we talk a lot about reorienting on the show for very good reason. That is a big part of our work when it comes to growth and healing. We are constantly reorienting to who we are and who we're becoming, to what feels right and what doesn't, to what our path is, what the next step is. And this reorienting process is very important with our relationships, especially in growth and healing. And there's three parts. Reorienting is something that we are always constantly doing throughout our life, but especially in these journeys. Every single day I'm waking up and I'm tuning into who am I now? How have I healed? In what ways have I grown? What feels right for me now? Does this not feel good to me anymore? Reorienting is a constant process in healing and growth. Then there's renegotiation and release. So based on our reorienting, we either renegotiate our relationships or we release them. Now, this isn't set in stone, and I've talked about this in a lot of different ways. We can renegotiate some relationships or communities 
boundaries or our role or things like that, ultimately to release them. And as I've shared, there are times that we have to release people and communities and relationships. And once we reorient more, once we come home to ourselves, once we heal and grow, we can come back and renegotiate the relationship from there. That has happened for me with two of my very best friends. So I've had a longtime best friend. I write about both of them in the book. And when I was first dealing with my PTSD, that strained our relationship. I couldn't show up. She didn't know how to relate to me. There was a lot that was going on between us that I simply did not have the capacity to deal with. It wasn't that I didn't care. It was that I was in such a broken place. My brain didn't work. My life was slowly unraveling. I just did not have the capacity and the ability to renegotiate the relationship at that time. And I certainly did not know who I was or who I was becoming. So I had to release that relationship for a bit. And we renegotiated it when the time came, when I went through more healing and growth, when she was in a different place, and we have continually reoriented and renegotiated our relationship as the two of us grow. The same is true with a mentor. I had to release that relationship because I couldn't hear myself anymore, and I didn't feel like the support that I was getting was actually supportive of what I needed in the moment and supportive of me growing into who I needed to be and healing in the ways that I needed. Again, this doesn't make me bad or wrong. It didn't make this person bad or wrong. It just meant it was necessary for me to step away. I had to release that relationship. It was one of the best decisions I made. I wouldn't have been able to hear myself as clearly as I can now. I wouldn't have been able to make certain discerning decisions. I wouldn't have been able to especially move through the healing process around certain things had I stayed in that relationship. I had to step away. Once I did, we were able to renegotiate. So reorienting is something that happens. It's ongoing. It's continuous throughout our life, but especially during healing and growth, especially in the aftermath of challenging chapters and big life transitions. And the people that we let go of, the communities, they can be some of the kindest souls on the planet that we love so deeply, but the relationship no longer supports us or hinders our growth in some way. I have let go of the most incredible friends that I will always cherish my memories with, that I will always think lovingly about, that I will send love towards, and I will miss. I will miss them, and I do miss them, and I love them so dearly, and and releasing the relationship was the right thing to do. Will we renegotiate it later? Maybe. You never know. Life is continually unfolding. We're constantly growing and changing. Relationships can come back around. There are a lot of them that probably won't, and that is because some of them were hurt when the relationship ended, and we just grew in different directions. Again, doesn't make me bad or wrong. Doesn't make them bad or wrong. It just means with growth comes out growing. That's part of the process. It's part of being human. It's part of becoming who we are. Some people grow with us, and that's That's amazing when that happens, when we can find those people who are iterating themselves. And as we go through our own iterations, there's just room and space and love and care and the acceptance that we are who we are at each different moment in time. There's no expectation. There's no fear of the other person changing. We just meet each other anew at every different stage of the relationship. And that can be hour by hour, day by day, year by year. But some people we outgrow and they outgrow us in that same process. And we start to walk different paths that diverge and move us away from the people and the places that held us for so long. There's nothing wrong with that. That's normal. And we can love these people. They can be really good, amazing people who are actually vital, incredible, caring souls during our healing at certain points. And all of a sudden, that same support can stop being supportive because we've outgrown that level. There's nothing wrong with that. I had one friend in particular that I loved dearly who was so vital, so supportive, so safe during 
during such a big chunk of my healing process after the abusive relationship that I was in after my loss. And there came a point that there was something about the way this person showed up, the way this person communicated with me and processed what I was going through with me. It stopped being supportive. It actually started to undermine my healing and growth. It was the same thing that they had done the entire relationship, but I reached a point where it was no longer supportive. So this is a normal, normal, normal part of the process. I can't stress that enough. It doesn't make us bad and wrong. It doesn't make them bad and wrong. It's just part of growth. The last thing that I want to touch on around this is the idea of scarcity. There is no scarcity of good people in this life, in this world, especially when we are constantly and continually growing because we are growing into new people. We are growing to new levels and to new ways of being. And when we do that, we start to more naturally align with people that are also on that frequency and that wavelength or in that space or in that point of their journey. We start to resonate with new people. So when we go through these outgrowing phases, when we let go of the hands that held us and we create that space, or even if we isolate, we we tend to feel afraid that we're never going to meet anyone else again, right? We left our relationship. We're never going to find another partner. We left our friend group. We're never going to find good people again. We outgrew our best friends or they outgrew us or the people we thought would be there aren't there. And suddenly we're alone and now we're going to be alone until the end of time. That is a story rooted in fear that is not true. It is a lie. It is something our subconscious does that because it wants us to go back to the known and familiar. If you can stay and stand steady during that period of isolation and loneliness and you don't revert back, you don't go back to your old ways of being, you don't go back to the people that you consciously chose to let go of because your intuition, that's what felt right to you. That's what needed to happen. If you can stand steady through that period of fear and our subconscious stories coming up and our loneliness and our isolation, you will meet new people. There is a whole world of people that you have not met yet. There is a whole world of people that you have not even acknowledged or noticed because you didn't resonate with them. You weren't on the same frequency as them. You weren't running in the same circles. You weren't doing the same things to make it to where you align with them, to where your paths cross. You are growing, you are healing, you are becoming a new version of yourself and you are continually iterating. And with each iteration that opens you to a whole new world of people, you didn't know were there. Now, I have seen this happen repeatedly throughout my life. So I trust it far more than maybe someone who is at the start of a journey like this, at the start of letting go of people. But every time that I have gone through a growth phase and I have outgrown places or spaces or people or they have fallen away because of their own growth or changes and transitions in life, whatever it may be, I move through that period of isolation and I open into a whole new world of incredible people who are more aligned for me. As I mentioned before, some people move through these phases with us. I have friends who have been my friends, my closest friends for many years through many iterations for both of us, through many big transitions and life changes and challenging chapters. Those people exist and they are amazing and cherish them with your whole heart while knowing that at some point you might outgrow each other too. But when you have those people, that's incredible. If you don't, you will find them. If you haven't, you will open to a whole new field, a whole new level, a whole new world of people that you just didn't know existed because you weren't on that same frequency. So having trust in yourself, having trust in the universe, having trust in how abundant the universe is and that there is always more. There is always better. That helps us move through these periods of isolations. And uh, continuing using this time, if you're in this space of isolation by choice or because 
because so many people have fallen away because you let them go or they fell away on their own, use this as a time to work on growing yourself, on getting to know yourself, on getting to know who you're becoming, what's important to you now, what lights you up now, and pouring yourself into the things that feel right and aligned for you. And that's how you're going to meet more of the right people. If you're on a massive growth spurt, which has happened to me before, you can also have the feeling of always passing through where you're rapidly moving through these different periods of isolation, meeting new people, outgrowing, letting go. This can happen repeatedly when we're on big growth cycles. And I certainly went through that over a period of years after my loss. And that can be hard. That can feel chaotic. It can feel like I'm never going to find my people, find my place and feel settled in community. But again, that's an idea of scarcity. You have to anchor into the truth that you are simply going through a growth and evolution stage. And as you do that more and more, you are going to connect with more and more of the right people. So really trusting that process and trusting yourself and not getting caught up in the stories and knowing that if you're continually moving through different friends, different partners, different groups, like that's just a normal part of your evolution and you will find your right people. You will find people that will move through this with you, move through life with you, move through all of your growth stages and iterations with you if you continue to trust the process. The last thing that I want to address is no judgment, no judgment of yourself and others. I've talked about this a little bit. You are not bad and wrong for growing and outgrowing people and choosing to let them go. And they are not bad and wrong if they choose to let you go, if they fall away because of changes, or if you've decided that they are no longer a supportive role in your life. Nobody's bad and wrong. All of that is a story and interpretation that usually comes from fear. It usually comes from core woundings. What if what is happening is simply what is happening? What if you are just growing and healing and iterating and evolving and becoming more of who you are? And in the process, certain things fall away. Certain people fall away. That's all that's happening. Nobody has to be bad and wrong. It is not selfish to tune into your heart, to tune into your intuition, and to realize that something is no longer aligned. If it's not aligned for you, it's not aligned for the other person. They may not see that yet. They may never see that. But it's true because if you don't feel like it's aligned, how could it be aligned for them? If you don't actually want to be there, if it doesn't feel right to you, it can't be right for them. That doesn't mean that we won't grieve. Doesn't mean that they won't grieve. Doesn't mean that we won't have feelings about it. But notice where you're making yourself wrong and you're making other people wrong. What if nothing is wrong? What if it's just a normal part of the process? What if what is happening is simply what is happening? You are growing, you are evolving, you are iterating, and you are simply moving into what's next. And in the process, that creates change in your relationships. There is nothing wrong with this. Trust the process, trust your heart, be kind, be caring, be compassionate. This doesn't mean that we are inconsiderate. It doesn't mean that we just ghost people. It doesn't mean that we treat people poorly. It just means that we are conscious of what's changing and we communicate that clearly and lovingly and we honor what's true for us. If other people get mad, which is very normal, we don't have to take that on. It doesn't mean we don't care. It doesn't mean that we don't have feelings about their feelings. It just means that we recognize that all we can ever do is what is right and aligned for us. Not everyone is going to agree with that. Not everyone is going to understand. Not everyone is going to support it. It doesn't make it wrong. It doesn't make us wrong. It doesn't make them wrong. It's simply what is happening and there are feelings involved. 
That's what I have for you in this episode. I hope that it was supportive. If there is anything that I can answer or support you with when it comes to creating space, letting go of the hands that held us, and navigating those feelings of scarcity as we move through these challenging chapters and big life transitions and become more and more of ourselves, please let me know. I will be sharing more in upcoming episodes. I hope that you are having an amazing spring. I am personally, you can probably hear it, getting over a <laughs> a lingering sinus infection and cold, but I am really loving rolling these episodes out for you. I'm so excited for some of our upcoming interviews, and I'm really looking forward to sharing more of these solo episodes. We are going to talk about shadow work and reclaiming ourselves and raising our self-worth and what it really means to unhook from stories and interpretations and core wounding and so much more good stuff on these solo episodes. So as always, please let me know if there's something I can speak to specifically. Head on over to talesfromthejourney.tv slash free for some free resources. And as I mentioned, I have written quite a bit about creating space and letting go of the hands that held us in my book, Unravel. You can find that at theunravelbook.com and you can read tons of articles, hundreds of articles on healing and growth and navigating relationships at stephaniezamora.com slash blog. Thank you so much for joining us today and for being a part of this powerful community of purpose-driven individuals. We have a ton of free resources for you at www.talesfromthejourney.tv slash free, including access to my signature process for how to make the impossible happen, packaged in a simple, easy-to-follow workbook that you can implement immediately. Whether you're trying to heal in the aftermath of a challenging chapter, working to uncover your purpose, or going after anything else that feels impossible, you'll learn how to take an entirely different kind of action that goes against much of what you've been taught about manifestation and goal achievement. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community. So please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.